Hi, I'm your dumb girlfriend who gives you expensive sneakers to wear in prison, Allison. And I'm joining the JRT JROTC to be the closer to the guy I've been hooking up with who refuses to acknowledge my existence in public. I'm Evan. Your shameless vision. Yours is a little too real. No, I was writing it down and it was just like, everyone's been in this situation. Well, not everyone, but. Universe. Well, do, don't call it RROTC. Okay, yeah, so they are calling it RROTC, but the actual, like, program is JROTC. Oh, I just Googled it. I just Googled RROTC, and the first thing that came up was on r slash Riverdale. <laughs> and it says, what the hell RROTC? And yes, it's a playoff JROTC. Um, why couldn't they use that? Can they not say ROTC? Like, is that branded? Maybe it's branded. Like, does the military, are they afraid the military is going to sue them for making it gay? Like, we would never accept Kevin in this. (laughs) (laughs) I don't Um, know. Yes. Okay. So this is chapter 37. Fortune and men's eyes. Whatever the fuck that means. I don't know. Yeah, an iconic episode, a chaotic episode, like much to discuss. Um, oh, yeah. We start in like Jughead talking about, oh, the new school year starting. But of course, Archie is not going to school. He is in prison. And it's like him getting, what do you call that? Uh, when you Process like first processed. I was it when you first check into prison. Like, <laughs> i'm here for my stay he's getting processed and at one point they throw this like powder on him i was confused by this too i think it might be soap because they like hose him down but i don't know they need to give him one second to like scrub they literally threw powder on him and started spraying him with a hose um yes and right away the warden wants to see him and we meet the warden of the uh, juvie, and he talks about how Archie, he's heard that Archie has an affinity for music, and they do have a music room. And if Archie respects him, he will respect Archie. Which, like, wh- why does Archie get a personal fucking prison welcome? Um, because he's the main <laughs> character. <laughs> so true it's because Hiram Lodge actually owns it's because Hiram wants spoiler. him to <laughs> have special treatment <laughs> anyway um then uh Fred at Pops is telling Veronica and uh formerly Sheriff Keller that the warden called him and let him know that Archie's been processed and he's there um and then they immediately start discussing how the guys who testified against him, Archie, in Shadow Lake, were lying and how they're going to, like, go track them down or something. I was confused by this, if we're being honest. I don't know what their plan is. Um, I don't really know what their plan is either, but it's the Hot Dads of Riverdale altogether. Yeah. So I considered mm-hmm. that win. And, yeah, Veronica no, is going to ensure that everyone knows that Archie's going to be back. She says that everyone knows my Archiekins will be back in time for homecoming. 
Um, also, Veronica does kind of slay in her pop waitress uniform. I just gotta say, she rocks it. She really does. Um, then we see at the Coopers, um, Betty posts a seizure. This is like the picture I use as reaction picture all the time. So do I. Betty looks like sick, like she looks terrible. She and- looks dead. I love that image. Um and it's because she had a seizure that's Mm -hmm. the whole end of last episode um and betty's like why are you worried about me what happened to the twin (laughs) and paulie pretty much immediately is like oh you must have just been hallucinating (laughs) more concerned if she was hallucinating while having a seizure yeah i don't i don't know um, Alice says that they were just having hibachi in the backyard, which was really funny to me. Yeah. And, um, then Betty gets a call from Jughead and leaves. So they start catching up at the school and Jughead tells her that Dilton is dead and that Ben is in critical condition. Um, and then he tells her about like the whole scene of Dilton and Ben's bodies with the cups and the statue and the game and everything. Um, and then she's like, let's see if Dr. Curdle can get us into the coroner's office. And Jughead responds and says, have more romantic words ever been spoken? (laughs) Wow, this is such a bughead episode. It is. And honestly, I kind of enjoyed it. (laughs) Oh, I know. (laughs) I like of the bughead moments. This episode is probably the least offensive because they were less coupley and more just like detective partnery. Yes, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, like, I wasn't cringing the whole time because they weren't, like, making out. They were just together. Yeah, but even them being together is too much. (laughs) Stay apart. Um, Then at Juvie, we see Archie as his cellmate's mad dog. Cool nickname. And I love everyone calls him mad dog like this the guards and the warden everyone calls him mad dog mm-hmm. like okay um and he's doing pull-ups he's like a pull-up bar thing on the wall and archie's like so what are you in for but and mad basically does not talk but does tell him to keep his shoes tied tight yeah um, then Veronica goes and tells Principal Weatherby that she'll be filling in as student body president since Archie is out of um, school for the moment. And her reasonings is are that she is his girlfriend first and second that she was his former running mate. That's why she should fill in. <laughs> Extremely compelling. Um, but he says, no, someone's already asked to take over for him. And it was Cheryl. <laughs> Lay. Lay. So she has to go confront Cheryl in the locker room, um, which Cheryl is yet again looking very iconic and like a red lacy lingerie bra just in the school locker room hanging out with her HBIC. You wore to high school on a random for <laughs> actually it is the first day of school. That's true. It's not a random day, it's the first day. So she wanted to look nice. Um then they have a rather, frankly, iconic conversation where um, uh, Cheryl's like, who else did you want to take over, Ethel? She's 
I saw her easy earlier and she was fuging about some winged creature that was after her, which was really funny. Because I was like, if I ever heard my classmate freaking out about that, I'd be like, are you okay? Um, and Cheryl, Cheryl said no. keeps walking. I don't care. <laughs> um, then Veronica says she wants to take over and Cheryl's like, why? Jackie O didn't become president when JFK died. LBJ did. Okay. Fair. Fair. Boy. No, like, thank you for the history lesson, Cheryl, but you are making points. And Cheryl says that she needs it for her college applications more than Archie does, which cannot possibly be true. Like, I don't know what kind of grade Cheryl is pulling, but, like, Archie sucks at school, and Cheryl already has, like, she's the captain of a cheerleading squad. Like, it's not like she does nothing. Yeah, but I think the type of school Cheryl is trying to get into is very different from the type of school Archie's trying to get into. Does she go to Smith? Yeah, she does, I think. Does or she... she's fake Smith. God bless. Uh... Um. Oh, before this uh, scene ends, Josie does get in some little jabs at Cheryl. And it's like, after the LBJ comment, Josie goes, yeah, and then he got us into Vietnam. Which, like, Josie, that... You're extending the metaphor too much. Yeah. <laughs> that has nothing to do with this conversation. She just wanted to take Cheryl down a peg, and I can't blame her. Yeah. Um. Then back at Juvie, Archie approaches the serpents in the yard, and surprise, Joaquin is there. And he's like, he's a fake serpent. You need to earn our protection. Um... And they're like, yeah, your ink is fresh, which is true. They should have yeah. given We literally saw them give that to Archie like two days before. Why didn't they give them to him at the beginning of the summer? Come on, think FP. Anyway. Um, well, because they were all delusional and thought he was going to get away with it. Like, not away with it. He wasn't going to get convicted. You know, he didn't actually do it. <laughs> he thought we lived in a justice. Guess what? We don't. Um, so yeah, Joaquin says that Archie needs to earn their protection and he should shiv a ghoulie to do so. And one part of this conversation is Archie's like, but won't I get in trouble? And Joaquin says, we pay the guards to turn a blind eye. Pay them with what? <laughs> You're in prison. Like, what? You are a gang in prison. What money do you have? I think, like, the idea is that the serpents generally pay the guards to turn a blind eye. But, like, at that point, just get a better lawyer. Yeah, but, like, the serpents don't have money. Like They don't have homes. <laughs> they're living in tents on a riverbank. How do they pay the prison guards? I don't know. That was just, like, such a... They, so... they really... This whole... There are so many things this episode that it's, like... Maybe talk to one person that's been in juvie before you write the storyline. <laughs> like, have one conversation about it. Um, yeah, but, but Archie says no, because he's not that type of person. Anyways, then Betty and Jughead go to the morgue to see Dr. Curdle, but he isn't there because he's dead. So Dr. Curdle Jr. has taken over for him, which is very exciting. Love Dr. Curdle Jr. Icon. Icon. Um, so then um 
Dr. Cardle Jr. tells them that Dylan died of cyanide and that there are symbols on his back, blah, 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 blah. Um, he says that they had blue, the blue lips were from the cyanide being in Blueberry Fresh Aid, which was a fun Riverdale uh, brand. <laughs> um, and then Dr. Cardle Jr. is like, this is strangely familiar, um, but I don't know why. Also, I don't know if it's murder or suicide, but whatever happened is darker than we've seen um, in this town. Darker than Jason Blossom's murder and darker than the Black Hood. It's the true face of evil, is what he says. Like he's taking a lot of liberties with writing this narrative. Like, <laughs> this isn't tragic that like a teenager died, but it's like straight up a serial killer and a kid probably killing himself is darker than that. Like, I'm just like, Okay. Um Yeah, I was like, this is a lot to be making off of your one autopsy. Okay. I feel like people die all the time in this town, even though it's not very big. So like it shouldn't be that it's the true face of people. The truth faces of people, but whatever. Uh, um we so get yeah, a quick then... scene of Jughead developing some pictures in a like dark room. Sure. Um then <laughs> They have to establish that Jughead's into photography now. Because that hasn't been a thing in the past, and now it is. So we need to establish that. True. Um, Then we see Archie is playing some music, um, enjoying his free time. And these guys approach him. But guess what? They're the ghoulies that he got arrested in the drag race. So they hate him. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, so they beat him up and take his shoes, but they don't touch his face. Um, that's important because then Ver- Veronica is visiting Archie in prison and notices that he's like constantly fidgeting and just looks uncomfortable generally and his shoes are missing. And he, she's like, what is up? And he's like, nothing. I'm just sore. From living. <laughs> he says they have a really good gym here. <laughs> That's the best part of the lie. Not like that's the only thing I'm doing to like keep my stress. He's like, it's really nice. It's so nice. They have so much equipment. I love my prison gym. <laughs> Anyways, then he asks Veronica how being student body president is, and she makes a face. And she <laughs> also like... asks how the speakeasy is doing. Oh yes, he does. That's important. Laying some scenes. Foreshadowing. <laughs> then we see Ben is at the ICU. Um, we no, we don't see this, but we, we don't hear see this. Ben. <laughs> ben is out of the ICU. We hear, um, yes, Ben is out of the ICU, but he's in the hospital. Um, and Betty is in the like newspaper room, and she's like, "Oh," and then a stranger approaches. It is no one else but Evelyn Evernever, Edgar's daughter. And she's like, don't worry, Betty. I won't tell anyone about your seizure. It's so menacing. She's a menacing character, okay? (laughs) Energy is terrible. Like, yeah. Betty does have a light. Therapy. Yeah. Betty has a light uh, fashion sleigh. She's yes, wearing... I wrote this down. Ooh, wow. Um, I, they're kind of like the like women's polos that are like polo v-necky. 
and it has like the body is like white and it has one red sleeve and one yellow sleeve and then like navy lining and a navy collar um and it's actually slay it slays really hard i i mean i personally just love a color blocked shirt um but you know she slays it's giving cubism in a way i really enjoy it does um, and then she skirts on out of there because Evelyn has bad vibes and she wants to go visit Ben. Yeah. Um, then Kevin kisses Moose in the hallway and Moose looks violently uncomfortable. Okay, already. This was so out of pocket. Like, what the heck? Last we saw was like, I'm so confused about the writing of this because last episode, all we saw was them like sitting next to each other, mm-hmm. not even touching. Saying they were going to lose their virginities by Halloween or sleep together on Halloween. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Then, in the hallway, in front of people, everyone decides to kiss him? It's, like, confusing to me as to what is their relationship status? Like, have they discussed this? Kevin needs to. He really does. And we also got... He said, like, I'm just doing what we've been doing all summer, which, like, wasn't even really established last episode. So I'm like, okay, so they were, like, making out and, like, chilling all summer? I and guess, but, like, they're dating? Is that in public? Were they, like, in, like, pops making out? Or were they, like, in a car? That's because those are very way. different scenarios, Kevin. I'm assuming a car. Yes. Which is why I'm like, how would Kevin think that this was like appropriate behavior. It just seemed like it's honestly even out of character for Kevin to be this dumb. It is. But anyways, Moose is uncomfortable and Kevin's like, what's wrong? Um, And Moose says that it's only because his dad is here and his dad is here because he's the new RROTC instructor um, and he's making Moose sign up to be a part of it. And Kevin is like, confused but okay i don't know kevin needs to yet again kevin Kevin. needs to get some self-respect this is one of the worst blocks of kevin i think i think we're in he i've been surprised at how much i've accepted kevin's behavior up until this point because i feel like i used to severely judge him for season two (laughs) antics but honestly i've he's had my support this whole time let's see if he can keep it if I remember correctly, season three is rough for Kevin. Oh my god. I just thought of something that happens. Oh my god. Okay, anyway. Um, Anyways. <laughs> I just <laughs> remember. Yeah. No. Oh. Okay. Um. Then at Pops, Veronica is working and Cheryl and a bunch of randoms walk in. I love like every time we see random vixens, they're different people. Like, <laughs> any of these girls ever before but okay cheryl walks in with them they're vixens and veronica says that cheryl's no longer welcome at pops uh, to which she says you can't discriminate against someone because they're better looking than you sorry cheryl is such an icon i love her so much i am a cheryl apologist nothing she's done is ever wrong yeah, I'm not a Cheryl apologist because I've, there's nothing to apologize for. That's She's so true. Slaying. That is so true. She simply slays. Um, She continues to slay because then 
she's like, I'm not what you're actually mad about. Like, you can't care Mm -hmm. that much about the presidency. And Cheryl says that she should channel that rage into getting her boyfriend sprung and recommends the Innocence Project, which is like this group that helps people that were wrongly convicted, which, Mm -hmm. mm, fact check, she's guilty. Yeah, I don't know if he would technically fall under, like, the purview of the Innocence Project. Um, I'm not entirely certain where they stand on, like, B-deals. I feel like they'd be, like, supportive of helping people who are, like, coerced into, like, sub- like accepting a plea deal that... Yes, but he wasn't even coerced. It he wasn't was even, yeah. Him, it was offered to him once, and he immediately accepted And it wasn't, like... Of like of people. And it was... After he had already had a hung jury, which meant that, like, there was at least a fairly good chance in the second trial he would have been found not guilty. <laughs> what did she do? Okay. We he's so dumb. Episode, but he's an idiot. And then Cheryl says that, fine, she's going to ch- TGI Thursdays. Do, 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 do. do you think <laughs> they replaced the Dairy Queen with TGI Thursdays? That's what I'm wondering. But you can't see TGI Thursdays in um like the background of the Pops scenes. But also, here's my thing. We all know that Pops is the only restaurant in town. So where is this TGI Thursdays? Is it in Greendale? Is she driving to Greendale? It must be across <laughs> the river. <laughs> it's probably not that far. Cheryl lives on the river, so maybe it's by her house. Maybe it is closer for her to go there than Pops. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Anyways, then Jughead and Betty are sneaking into the hospital to check on Ben. But Ben's mom is there. So they decide to interrogate her instead. Um, She is like, Ben has always been odd and kept to himself. Especially after his piano teacher was murdered. (laughs) I hate this. Remember? But remember when... When was Grundy, I guess it was season one Grundy when she just officially left town, but then we see her with Ben. Yeah. It's the ending of that episode, so wow, it all connects. It all connects, and and I think in season two when she gets murdered, he like leaves her house right before she gets murdered. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Anyways, um, he was... uh, Ben's mom is just like, he got weird this summer. Um, He got friends, but he just became more secretive. Then Jughead notices a weird doll hanging on the door handle. And his mom says it's probably from the other girl from school who visited him. And then before they can ask any more questions, Sheriff Meta shows up and tells them they need to stay out of it because it's an active murder investigation. Jughead gets sassy. Um, But before this can escalate at all, a deputy tells them that there's an adventure scout that's been reported missing. They're such meddling kids. They really are. It's a very Scooby-Doo gang type episode, and I think that's why I enjoy it. Yeah. Then we see Veronica talking to her mom in the mayor's office, and she says that she wants to establish a branch of the Innocence Project in Riverdale. I'm like, no, you don't. You only want to free your boyfriend. Don't pretend you care about other wrongfully convicted people. Um, Yeah, and... Hermione's like, I don't want to get involved between in the feud with you and your father, but then kind of relents because Veronica's mm-hmm. like, I'm coming to you as a constituent, not your daughter. 
She calls her Madam Mayor at one point, which is funny. <laughs> so yeah, because it would be good for the town. Um, Hermione decides to like endorse the project. Yeah. Then Betty and Jughead interview Ethel in the school lounge or the student lounge, um, as you do. Which <laughs> we remember, everything happens in the student student lounge. lounge. <laughs> um. So. Ethel's spooked, but eventually agrees. Jughead asks about the Gargoyle King um, and asks if it all is the Gargoyle King. And she says, no, but it's to protect Ben from him instead. And then she says that her and Ben are dating, which is tea. Um, and everyone is confused. And she's like, we started hanging out in Dilton's bunker this summer. And they were all like, <laughs> Jug says, Dilton Doily has a secret bunker in the woods. And then he looks at Betty, and they both immediately go, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Honestly, it does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So Crazy. Ethel agrees, yeah. Ethel agrees to uh, show them because it's either, they're like, it's either us or Sheriff Manetta. Okay. Yeah. Which, like, no, you don't have to listen to these fools, Ethel, but okay. Um... Then we see Archie back in his cell. He's all bruised up. And Mad Dog says that he is an animal in the cage now. So he needs to start acting like, <laughs> go and shiv a you coward, basically. <laughs> and um, Archie's like, Mad Dog, like, why do you have stuff? Because he has, like, posters. <laughs> he has, like, weights. Like, it's, he's like, how do you have stuff? No one else has stuff. And he's like, you don't want to, like, get into my situation. Just be an animal. Yeah. Then Betty and Jughead gets, get to the Coopers. Um, and Alice and FP are there. And Alice immediately says, what is wrong with the two of you? A question I ask many times. Many times. Um. Anyways, so Sheriff Manetta called them, uh, both Alice and FP, and were like, your children are snooping on the Ben and Dilton situation. Um, Jughead says he feels like he owes it to Dilton because he came to him from hell for help. And FP is basically just like, boy, you don't own that man shit. <laughs> Get, stop getting involved in this. But this is the 18th time FP has been like, no, you don't owe them that. <laughs> um, yeah. Then Alice reveals that Betty had a seizure, which Jughead didn't know and is like super su surprised by. Um, Betty is pissed and goes upstairs. Jughead tries to follow her, but FP won't let him. End of scene. End of scene. Then back at the prison, we see Veronica, who noticed that Archie had no shoes last time, bought him a pair of very expensive looking sneakers. Definitely what you should wear to jail. My thing is like, I don't understand why she's, like, so shook that they wouldn't let him bring his shoes into the prison. Like, I feel like that is the most believable part of his life. <laughs> Not that they have a really good gym. Oh, yeah, but also, like, they if they didn't let him keep those shoes, he'd be wearing other shoes. Like, they still need shoes. <laughs> well, he was wearing slides. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I feel like they would still give him, like, actual shoes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm the. I'm gonna admit, I don't anyway, know what shoes prisons wear. They give their people to wear. So, anyway, maybe I'm wrong. Veronica clearly thinks that he can just have nice, very nice shoes. Um, Reggie's also there, 
And Archie asks about the football team, and they're like, oh, I don't know, we're missing missing our star running back, Archie, but Moose is on the team. And Reggie says, dude is a straight beast. <laughs> Which, like, straight? Not straight, but straight? he is a beast. He's a beast. He's a moose. Um. He's so then Archie is like, <laughs> he's a oh, he's a horse. He's a moose. He's a horse. He's a beast. Yeah. Got the whole. <laughs> Archie is sad that he's missing high school football. Aww. Wonder how that might come into play in the next scene. So then Archie goes out into the yard wearing the new shoes. Um, the serpents and the ghoulies are both like, dude, what the fuck? Those shoes look nice. Um, Archie then starts giving a speech about how they need to take back their humanity from the prison. Um, he immediately gets pushed back from both the serpents and the ghoulies. One of the ghoulies goes to challenge him and says... And Archie's, like, giving the speech about how if they weren't in here, they'd be in high school doing normal high school things. And the ghoulie says, not me. I dropped out in the fourth grade to run drugs to support my Nana. To which Archie responds, say it with me. That means you haven't known the triumphs and defeats, the epic highs and lows of high school football. And he changed the world when he said that. No, genuinely the most iconic quote from this show. (laughs) Right, which can we just break down the scene? So true, the respect it deserves. Mm -hmm. Archie, after one day in prison, decides he understands (laughs) it all. He's like, I know what you guys are doing wrong. If we just decide to have fun and play football, then there wouldn't be gangs and everyone would be safe. Okay, sure, Archie, I'm sure you know exactly what to do. Let's believe him. This guy dropped out of the fourth grade <laughs> to run drunk, which I have some questions about, like, the logistics of that situation, but, like, okay, sure. Archie's response, like, the humor comes from his response, but, like, it also comes from the fact he does not hesitate at all. He's not no. like, oh, hmm, but you should still play football. He's like, then you're even more ignorant because you know the epic highs and lows. Yeah. It's like the humor of the situation, but also the just inability for Archie to have any concept of any life experience that is not his own. He do, It does not compute that other people have different issues than him. He cannot comprehend it. And it is so funny. God, so... um... I just know when Kevin came out to Archie, Archie was A, very confused, and B, responded with, no way, man, that's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy for... Basically an episode in season seven. (laughs) Like, Archie... Like, season seven is the 1950s, and it's like Archie Mm -hmm. finding out that gay people exist, but Archie would have the exact same reaction in... 2019 or whenever this he'd be yes. like wait oh what okay i accept i guess you do you man it's like the like people like the trope of someone being so stupid they don't know to be homophobic 
That is so Archie. Oh my god. So then Mad Dog comes and in support of Archie and says, like, yeah, we should play. Um, I also noted that this is the whitest jail ever. Yes, it is. Everyone except for Joaquin is white. I can literally see this scene, though, where they're, like, casting extras to be in the juvie. And they're like, we don't want to cast too many black people. Like, we don't want to send the wrong message. So they get only white people so this is like the whitest jail in america (laughs) (laughs) you tried you tried riverdale (laughs) oh riverdale um and archie says that the mvp of the game will win his sneakers and that changes a lot of people's minds so then they're down to play and the warden is looking on menacingly i wrote the exact same sentence in my notes um then betty is journaling and alice comes in (laughs) with a mug and uh betty says if that's some weird tea from the farm i really don't want it to which alice responds it's chamomile betty calm down (laughs) so true which this is a rough season for us alice heads but that was a sleigh that was a sleigh for her this is an insane season for outsets. It is so hard for us. We are truly in the trenches during the season. God. Anyways, Alice apologizes for outing Betty's seizure. <laughs> and then um, he's like, essentially just, I'm scared for you. Like, you scared me. This is really scary. Um, and Betty's like, don't worry, mom. I'm fine. And then immediately sneaks out of the house. I was dying at this. I was like, wow. She didn't even wait 30 seconds for her mom. Like, she did check the door, make sure she's, like, down the hallway, and then Mm-mm. scampers out. Mm-mm. <laughs> it's fine. Where is she? She's going to the woods, of course, Um, to meet Jughead and, in theory, Ethel, Ethel to lead them to the bunker. But Ethel is not there. And they're kind of just walking through the woods. Jughead says that she's worried about Betty and, like, She's like, don't worry. This she sees her was just because of stress, which like isn't actually that comforting, but okay. Jughead's like, I'm still worry about you. I just want things to be normal. And Betty says that them investigating the local mystery is their normal. And then they run into the gargoyle king, which can I say I have no idea the gargoyle king shows up in just episode two. Like we no. see away there's no mystery i fully forgot half of this happened both in episode two and the same episode as the epic highs and lows of high school football like i feel like this plot is progressing so quickly and i'm scared because i don't remember how it like takes a full season to resolve (laughs) i really like i feel like they ramp up this plot and then they try to ramp up the farm plot and they like the farm plot falls and then the gargoyle king plot. Yeah. Like, I think it's like very layered. But like I was looking ahead and um the parents episode is so much earlier in the season than I thought it was. It's okay, in like we... two episodes. Like I'm it's so early. I was what like, we are revealing mystery. so much. 
like I feel like they told us even this episode, like that it reveals the parents are connected to this. I'm like, yeah, it does. Just giving away all the info. We so we see the gargoyle king already. So he is at least there's someone or something dressing up as a gargoyle king in That's the woods. What we know. And um, then Betty and Jughead run away. Yeah. Then they debrief at Pops, and Jughead shows her the map and drawing that Dalton left. And makes a snide comment about how they're lucky that the Gargoyle King is slow. Um. Anyways, then um, they like talk about who it could be, and they decide it's probably not Ethel unless she was on stilts. Um. And then they were like, you know what? Maybe we should check Dilton's map to see if the bunker that he has is on here. <laughs> Genius. Genius. Um, and they see a symbol they think might be the hatch to the bunker. And Jughead's like, if this map is accurate, I think I know where it is. Um, yep. So then we see Veronica is visiting the prison. She's happy that Archie organized a football game. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I wish I could be there to cheer you on. Light bulb over her head. And that's in that moment. Uh, she goes to Cheryl and says, like, I'll support you being student council president if the Vixens can do something for me. So, wonder what that is. Who knows? Then, in a just so, so depressing of a scene, Kevin is picking up food at Pops. So, you know it's going to be sad because Kevin is on screen. Kevin's constantly alone and he's alone once again picking up dinner for just himself. Like, I like honestly empathize with kevin and feel so bad for him because like i understand the feeling but then he does stuff like this so then he runs into moose and moose like just does not want to talk to him and he's in his uh rrotc uniform and the other guys walk in and kevin is like are you ashamed of being with me okay pause because he starts the scene Moose walks in before the other guys walks in. He says, handsome. And I was like, Kevin, you suck at being closeted. No, he's so bad. The rest of the guys walk in. And yes, he says, Moose, are you ashamed of me? Can I just say, we can hate on Kevin. And Mm -hmm. we can bash him. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't we have saved ourselves a little turmoil in life if we just straight up asked people, are you ashamed of me? Like that greatly improved my life i mean like yes but also the trauma of being gay in america is that a lot of the times the people you're dating are like on some level a little bit ashamed of you yeah and isn't like like yes he's in the closet kevin like yes he isn't yes not he would just be with you but it's a lesson we all have to learn and i think we we hate kevin because we are kevin yeah (laughs) straight people are like oh i love kevin like (laughs) (laughs) and we're like kevin kevin's like in his own version of get out and we're like kevin you gotta go (laughs) you need to leave (laughs) kevin is the senate twink and we're all just like please stop we see you we've been you we need to not do this (laughs) anyways and so (laughs) 
<laughs> Moose is like, no, I'm not ashamed with you, with but I'm with the boys. And so then Kevin walks out and looks sad. I can't. I can't. Okay. It's like, I feel bad for him, but I'm also like, Kevin, I need you to just step it up. (laughs) Go to therapy, please. Yeah. Give him time. Except don't. He, oh gosh, Kevin. Um, then we see, uh, Archie is back in his cell and he asks Mad Dog if he's going to play in the football game. Mad Dog says he can't play in the football Mm -hmm. game. And he also gives a little more of his story that the warden won't let him have any visitors. So his mom, brother, and his girl aren't allowed to visit anymore. And he says he's going to be transferred to a real prison next year. And he still has 20 years left in his sentence, which I was like, girl, what did you do? I was wondering the exact same thing. No, and maybe we find out later. But this episode, he's just like, I'm transferred to real person and I still have 20 years left on my <laughs> sentence. I'm like, okay. Um, and he advises Archie to not let them take these things from him. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Then a guard comes and takes Mad Dog away. Um, and yeah. Then Betty and Jughead open the bunker and they go in and they see the like creepy dolls hanging all over the place and the games just like laying around and there's creepy drawings on the wall. Um, And so like they're investigating. Then they notice a sign that says drink from the correct cup and ascend to the kingdom with two drawings of like chalices as well as the cyanide and packets of fresh aid. So they're like, looks like a suicide. This is how they did it. Um, then they're like discussing this and Betty looks under the bed and a child lunges at her and it like, I'm not going to lie. It actually worked on me as a jump scare. (laughs) This is like, I think one of the scariest moments of Riverdale, unironically, because it is creepy as, because you're in the bunker for like two minutes before oh, yeah. Betty checks under the bed. So, like, you, you are comfortable, you're established, that nothing's gonna jump out. You're wrong. There's a child under the bed the whole time. Yeah, like, it was actually probably the most effective jump scare in Riverdale. Um, so we see they're talking to the child. It's the adventure scout that was missing. And he says that Dilton said he needs to, like, stay in the bunker until he gets back. And they're like, well, well, um, Dilton's dead, kid. And he says that Dilton, or he was Dilton's apprentice, learning how to play. I always want to say Dungeons and Dragons. Me too. <laughs> Griffins and Gargoyles. Um, so he could eventually join the game. And they're like, did you play play with Ben and his girlfriend Ethel and he's like girlfriend Ethel's only his girlfriend in the game Princess Ethelene is only his girlfriend in the game they're not actually dating and then Betty and Jug immediately vindicated which I'm like come on like just let Ethel live (laughs) Ethel is straight Kevin and I believe that (laughs) and look how we all bash Kevin but we're all sympathetic to Ethel think about it Think about it. And I feel like the straight people are the other way around. They're like, aw, Kevin. And they're like, Ethel, you dumb bitch. Whoa. 
Do we live in a society? I think we live in a society. <laughs> Anyways. So the football game is happening at Leopold and Loeb and people are cheering them on. So they're like, there are some people who are involved and some people aren't. I'm like a little confused by this, but whatever. Then they're playing, they're playing tackle football with no equipment too, which I think is important to know. Then the Vixens show up um, and all of the guys are like, whoa, hot girls. And these, the Vixens start singing Jailhouse Rock in a frankly iconic scene. So good. It is so good. Actually, slays. They all slay so hard. Um, the boys run to the fence and start banging on it because they're like so overcome with seeing a woman. And then, which disgusting. I like. I understand this is the reaction Veronica wants, but I'm like, oh my god! Like, what male writer decided? Like, what do women want? They want to perform for men in prison and have them scream obscenities at them as they dance, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much giving male gaze. But then it's Riverdale. Okay. And so um, then they, like, halfway through decide that they're over that. They've overcome their horniness and they need to go back to playing football. And so they do that. Then Hiram shows up in a limousine and Veronica runs up to yell at him. It is like, you have everyone in your pocket except for me and Archie. And that's why you're coming after us. Are you and Archie? In the past two months, before that, you and Archie were like the most in his pocket of anyone. Like, it's a little humble girl. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, um, then he's like, I'm friends with the warden. Um, and after today, you won't be able to visit Archie. And so Veronica says, like, okay, I get it. But right now, I need to go cheer my boyfriend on to victory. So you'll have to excuse me. And it's the biggest, like, she thinks she ate and she just didn't. She did, she did not eat. eat. She did that not plate eat. is still full. That plate is still full. <laughs> oh, my God. She ate, like, the garnish, like, the garnish, like, the parsley on top of the chicken. She ate that. And, like, the chicken, the rice, everything's still there. Anyway, then Archie gets tackled. Oh, I don't know why I wrote that down. Um, They're, like, continuing to play football. Hiram gives the warden a nod, and he sends out the guards to, quote, stop the riot. Which made me think of Hades Town. I don't know why, but all immediately I was like, eh. with him, the riot starts. Archie, Archie arriving in prison. <laughs> Whoa. Hiram is so uh, Hades coded. coded. Yeah. And, and Archie is Eurydice, like being seduced down to hell. Uh huh. And, and Veronica's escape. Orpheus. I see it. I see it. Musical episode. Where's the Hades Town musical episode? Um, yeah, so anyway, there's <laughs> not a riot, but the guards start running down to all the players and everyone watching. And to which Archie screams, everybody run. <laughs> Worst advice to give. Like, Where are you going? You're in prison. They can't run, like, scatter, which just incites more chaos. Like, I'm not trying mm -hmm. to defend the prison guards here, but, like, the correct action would be, like, to get on your hands and knees and, like, hope they don't hurt you. And so Archie starts punching 
prison guards who have armor, shields, batons. Like, you can't possibly win. You need to mm-hmm. not fight back. But Archie punches them. And then, of course, they get him on the ground and then am beating him with, like, batons. Yup. Yup. Crazy. Then he's taken back to his cell and all of Mad Dog's stuff is gone. So Archie's like, what is up? Um, and the guard is like, Mad Dog died during the riots. You started, Archie. This is all your fault. <laughs> no, he gaslights like his guard. Because he said it with such a straight face. He's like, he died in the riot. You started. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, acting performance of a century. Where's his Oscar? Where's his Oscar? Um... Anyways, yeah. Archie's like, that's not possible. He wasn't there. And I'm like, Archie, you are the dumbest person on planet Earth. I have to say, before this scene, we see, after they're beating Archie on the ground, and before we see Archie back in his cell, we see Hiram just putting on his sunglasses and getting back into his car. Like, he does not give a fuck. Daddy. <laughs> daddy does not give a fuck like, about he you. He is so daddy in that moment. <laughs> I love that our thirst for Hiram Lodge will not stop in season two. <laughs> I refuse to let it end. It'll continue forever. <laughs> Anyways. Um, then Veronica's ranting to Cheryl at Pops about how her dad died. Uh, what her dad did. And um, Veronica's mad that her dad put her on a do not visit list. And Cheryl's like, okay, girl, then just get a new name. I mean, fair enough. Um, yeah. She's like, get a big From Reggie. <laughs> Important to note, it's from Reggie. Can't see anything. He didn't give people, um, uh, jingle jangle. He wasn't a drug dealer last season. <laughs> um, then we see Jughead and Betty are, like, interrogating Ethel. And they're mad at her because she lied to them and didn't show up to the bunker. And she's like, you can't tell any adults about, like, what's happening. And they're like, "You, this was just a game. Like, you weren't actually dating Ben. You're a Delulu girl. And to which, Eth- to which Ethel reacts by having a seizure. <laughs> which, honestly, when you're called out for being delusional is the correct response. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what else. I would do that. Have a seizure. That's the correct response to that. Um, and Evelyn is like randomly in the corner staring at her menacingly as Betty and Jughead are freaking out trying to help Ethel. I'm like, Evelyn is like <laughs> such a queen of being in the wrong place at the wrong time in this episode. Like, girl, he's just around for this <laughs> no reason. She's just watching the chaos. Um, She's just like, I'm new at this school. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And people are just having seizures constantly. She's fucked up. <laughs> what is in the water? Anyways, then um, Archie is taken to visit a blonde woman in sunglasses. But it's actually Veronica. She introduces herself, though, as Monica Posh. Um, and she's here on behalf of the Riverdale Innocence Project, which first appearance of Dr. Curdle Jr., and Monica Posh in the same episode. Like, I just... Icon level. <laughs> yes. And Evelyn. And Evelyn. So much is happening. 
so many icons in one episode. Uh-huh. Like, it's such an iconic episode. I have a picture of Monica Posh saved to my phone simply to send as a reaction image whenever I want. And it never fits the situation. I just send it when I think it's funny. Can you please send it to me? Yes. Yes, I will. What the picture is. Um, then we're nearing the end of the episode. Uh, we see Kevin decides to show up to our R-R-O-T-C. That's so much fucking harder to say than R-O-T-C. R-R-O-T-C. I think we should call it Ratsy. Ratsy. Yatsy. Yatsy. Yes. Shows up to R-O-T-C. Um, and Moose's dad knows Kevin's dad. So he's like, mm-hmm. you're cool. Like, you sit down. You're in, buddy. Bucko. Don't ask, don't tell is repealed. It's okay. Then um the warden visits Archie's cell and Archie's like, what happened to Mad Dog? And the warden is like, not gonna answer, but you know, keep being mad because you've been tapped to be the new mad dog, and that'll be useful to you. Damn. Damn. I like, I don't know. Damn. Archie just can't get away from a weird older man. That's God. That's so. That's so true. He's like, just always being groomed. It's so sad. Oh my God. Okay. Um. Then we see Hermione in the mayor's office has gathered all of the parents. Well, most of the pa- parents, like Hal, isn't there, and well, Hal's in prison. So yeah. Well, yeah. And uh, well, Clifford Blossom isn't there because he's dead, right? Yeah, Clifford's um, dead. Um, I'm trying to think of any other. Yeah, that's like Kevin's all. Kevin's mom is in, but she's never. She's here. in Iraq. Um, <laughs> uh, Ethel's parents aren't there. <laughs> she's busy. Uh, oh, okay. I, I was gonna say like, never mind. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I was like, they literally act like, oh, Moose's dad knows Kevin's dad, but not his mom, who's actually in the military, but that comes up later. So that's not actually bad it writing. Does. Um, um anyways it's formerly sheriff keller mayor mccoy formerly mayor mccoy hiram penelope fred fp alice and hermione and hermione's like leading them through a discussion as mayor yes she's like this isn't out yet but um like dilton and ben were found with blue lips and dilton's dead and this could all lead back to our secret Dot, dot, dot. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and they're like, why can't you just tr- control Manetta? Like, don't you own him? And she's like, yeah, I can. But of course, Jughead and Betty are investigating and they're like, dang. Um, and but more importantly, Hermione is concerned because that could mean all of their children are in danger. So mm-hmm. they shouldn't just cover it up. They need to do something. Sheriff Keller, very explicitly, formerly Sheriff Keller, sorry very explicitly um is like we all decided we would never think of or speak of that night again and i want to stick to that and hermione's like okay but we might not be able to do that you can tell he had gay sex once yes he had sex once with a man and he's like we are never speaking of this again we decided to forget that forever it will fuck with me if i have to unbury that memory so can't be questioning my sexuality over here so iconic hot dads of Riverdale anyways um then quick final scene Betty and Jughead are at the hospital to like 
because Ethel had a seizure and they went with her. And Betty's like, I'm confused because seizures aren't contagious. And Jughead's like, I guess that's just another mystery we have to solve if you want to. And she's like, yeah. Then they decide to go check on Ben um, while he's while they're there. He is sitting in his room on an open windowsill. And they are like, clearly like, this man is not okay. So they try to talk him down. And he's like, no, Dilton was scared, but I'm not. Everyone will be reunited in the kingdom. Uh, you'll fly too, is what he says. And then he falls out of the window. Way make him like they can't make him just jump out of the window he like is sitting on the ledge and just kind of rolled yes it's like a diver rolling off a boat <laughs> so bad betty and J- it's actually kind of creepy because then like betty and jughead kind of run towards the window but like you a crash and then like betty jumps jumps into jughead's arm and it's like no yeah, it's creepy you will you hear him like I suppose like the idea is it's like a very um look what you made me do oh wait no 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 bad blood music video x like oh. moment where he falls onto a car because you hear a car alarm go off in the background oh rip to ben rip to ben that's the episode yeah that's how it ends her um iconic episode so Let much happens in this episode. So much happened, and it's so good the whole time. Do you have an outfit of the episode? Um, I do. It's Betty's color block V-neck polo thing. Mine too, and I'm just gonna assume we're all we also have the same quote. I mean, I think we all have one quote that, like, obviously is the correct choice. Do you want to do the first sentence, the first character in this quote, or the second character? I'll be the first. I'll take oh, the first okay. for you. Okay. Um. So, uh, it's I dropped out in the fourth grade to run drugs to support my nana. That means you haven't known the triumphs and defeats, the epic highs and lows of high school football. It's so that important. Works. It's basically two quotes. It is. I mean, two. I years. would say a close second is when <laughs> Allison. It's chamomile, Betty. Calm down. Yeah. You need to calm down. You're being too <laughs> Anyway, so that was going to be my quote if you took um, Epic Lows of High School Football, which I assumed you would. But then we broke it up, so it all worked out. What? Um, great episode. Anything else? I don't. Other than, like, again, I'm a little concerned about how this season's going to go because so much happened in this episode <laughs> that I was like, how are they revealing this much this quickly? I have no idea. Um... Okay, Kenzie Scale. Do hmm. do Ben because he kills us. We could do Ben. <laughs> he won't be back. That's true. He won't be back. Total lie. He does come back. Um, in alternate universes, I think he is actually like fully dead in this universe, right? I think so too. There was a moment where I was like, at the end of the last episode, into this episode, I was like, wait, is Dilton like? actually dead like i can't remember if he is actually dead in this universe or if he like isn't because he does come back later (laughs) i think he might not actually be 
this is this is why Riverdale works because like even when you remember that characters come back, they don't necessarily do in this universe. So it's like we still don't know. We don't. They could be back in this universe. We just don't know. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um. Okay, Ben. Uh. Oh, you know his last name. What is his last name? They say when they walk into the hospital room, they're like, "Hello, Mrs. Button," because of course it's Ben Button. Ben Button. <laughs> ben Button. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm ready. I have mine. Okay. One, two, three. Oh. Okay. I said one. Evan's three. I was conflicted between one and two. I will mm-hmm. say, from everything we see on his character, he seems straight, but he has totally a gay face. I think the actor is probably gay, and that always throws me off because I'm so-, so perceptive to know if the actors are gay that it affects, like, you know what I mean? Your gaydar is just too strong. It's too strong. Yeah, I'm like, you can't. So here's my thing. Yes, A, he does have gay face. B, he's playing Dungeons and Dragons. It's not called Dungeons and Dragons, but it's Dungeons and Dragons. And like, that is a very queer thing to do. Yeah. And he is fake dating Ethel Muggs, which again, a very queer thing to do. Wait, because that's so real for like, so they're they're playing the game and they're dating in the game and they're hanging out all summer. So Ethel is like, yeah, we're dating. And he's just like, oh my God. No, sweetie. (laughs) Oh, poor Ethel. So that's why I'm like three, four range. Because I do think he is like, there are some, he's hanging out with Dylan. So he has to be at least passably straight. Yeah. But like, I don't think he is straight. Honestly, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm moving towards your side. I would say, Thank like, you. the two now. Very nice. Um, Let the record show for the first time ever, Allison agrees with me. Yeah, you actually won't change my mind. I'm very, <laughs> um, I don't change my mind very much. Exactly. <laughs> well, remember to listen and grow in 2024. Um... <laughs> Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Um, I'm deciding on a few right now. Okay. I don't um, believe in resolutions. My biggest one is simply to eat out less. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. But, I like, think... they all tie into that theme, I think, generally. So. Oh. <laughs> uh, nice. They're um, just interconnected. Tell us your New Year's resolution, folks. This is going to be coming out in the second week of January, so maybe you already broke yours. But You know, all power to you. They're hard to stick to. Just because it's a new year, that doesn't mean it's easy to, like, make a big life change. And, like, honestly, you should try not to make your New Year's resolutions big life changes because then they're going to be even harder to fulfill. They should be, like, small incremental life changes. That's what I've learned from watching the Today Show on New Year's Day every year. Basically, New Year, same you. You'll never change. You'll never improve. Just like a little bit different, but like in a normal amount, not like a crazy amount. <laughs> no, that's that's very right. Okay, Happy New Year, everyone. Come Happy New Year, and remember, it gets better. It gets better. <laughs> You can uh, 
reach out to us. Let us know what your thoughts are on the episode. We'd love to hear from you. Um, hear what your favorite iconic bits of the episode or your favorite quotes of the episode are. You can reach out to us at um, Cheryl'sBWords at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us at Cheryl's Bitches or find us on Instagram at Cheryl's Bitches and TikTok at Cheryl's Bitches as well. So um, that is Cheryl's B words at gmail.com if you want to send us an email and Cheryl's Bitches on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check us out, please. <laughs>